0: All right, Nico, can you say, welcome to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies.
1: It's a happy episode of um, Happy Babies. <laughs>
0: Hello again and welcome back to Healthy Births, Happy Babies. I am Dr. Jay Warren. I'm your host of the podcast, as well as the prenatal and pediatric chiropractor here in San Diego at the Capuana Center. And you listeners have spoken, and I am now listening to you. By putting this episode together, I've had a number of requests um, from you, emails coming in a lot just in the last uh couple months about this topic about bringing a new baby home and how do we help the older child or child children navigate that um i love that one You're reaching out and asking for um, topics. I love, too, that you're adding to your families and bringing more babies into the world, obviously. But I also love that you're being proactive. You're thinking ahead and wanting to find out more about what this transition is going to be like, what to expect, what's normal, what's not normal, and how to get help with it, so I'm happy to put this together, and I brought uh, Sophie Acott onto the podcast to help explore that. Um, She herself is a mom of four, so she's done this many times herself, but also she is an expert in maternal and child sleep, so she's a sleep coach in that way, but she's done a lot of work with hand-in-hand and does work with parenting by connection, and by blending those two worlds as a sleep consultant and a parent coach, um, she has a lot to share on this and just really great tools that's going to help this just be a lot more um, peaceful, a lot more easy on everyone and um, just start off the family with another addition that much easier. So uh, I'm going to bring her on in a second. I'll introduce her in a second. I'll have you listen to this
2: message first and then we'll get right to it. My online course, Connecting with Baby During Pregnancy, has been out for a while now, and I've been getting phenomenal feedback from you women who have been learning these prenatal bonding techniques, putting them to use, and having amazing results. The same kind of results that the women in the Rafi study were getting, where by doing these techniques throughout pregnancy, they were having less anxiety and pain during labor, they're needing less obstetrical interventions, including less C-sections. And then afterwards, the babies are sleeping better, which means you're sleeping better. And postpartum depression was less than 1% in the moms who did these techniques. So go over to my website at drjwarren.com slash CWB and learn all about it. I think this course is amazing. I put a lot of effort into it, and I think it'll really help you have a healthier, happier, and more relaxed pregnancy and a gentler, yet powerful birth.
0: All right, my guest today is Sophie Acott. She is the founder of Sleep Play Love, whose mission is to help parents all over the world reclaim much needed sleep, rest, and joy to their parenting experience. She is a mother of four children, a home birth enthusiast, and a conscious parenting advocate. Having experienced firsthand the toll that lack of sleep can have on health, emotional well-being, relationships, and the entire family unit, Sophie is committed to supporting other families to overcome their own unique parenting and sleep challenges, restoring vibrancy, happiness, and harmony to the family unit. As a certified life coach a maternity and child sleep consultant, motivating and inspiring others is Sophie's life passion. Having trained with hand-in-hand parenting, she adopts the parenting-by-connection approach personally and professionally, living and breathing this philosophy with their own children and empowering other parents to success through deeper understanding of the synonymous relationship between the parent-child connection and sleep and behavioral challenges. So now let me switch over to my conversation with Sophie. All right, Sophie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Dr. Jay. It's good
0: to be here. Yes, this is a very anxiously awaited topic. (laughs) There's a lot of parents out there that are wanting help um, because as we started this show years ago, it was mostly first-time parents. Now these second- and third-time parents are saying, oh, man, I got a new baby coming home, and what do we do for the older ones? So you reaching out, (laughs) yeah, help, help, help is um, what they're looking for. And I'm so glad that we were able to connect because you, you know, obviously, as your expertise in maternity and child sleep consultancy you know you're dealing with that a lot any kind of interruption in life is gonna change things and I know as a as a mom too you have dealt with that a lot so tell us about like how your path like one as a parent but then also um, the work that you're doing and and your book
1: Yes, certainly. So I find it all intertwined really. So where I am now is uh, basically I I think it was a real personal journey for me with my children. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in a nutshell, I have four kids and um, I live now, uh, obviously from the accent, you'd pick that I'm from Australia originally, and uh, moved to San Diego with my husband and three kids at the time um, in the last two years and had our fourth here. Last year, which was lovely. Fourth and final, no more for me. Very good. Congratulations. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I really found a passion for for sleep work, uh, particularly around five years ago when my second, um, after my second was born, he had a colic. So he was awake and crying, what seemed hourly, like or continuously during the day, and then he was up feeding and crying uh, every hour, pretty much uh, overnight, uh, up until like five months and. I was exhausted and I got really sick and I was really struggling to cope with like just the everyday, just everyday life. And also I had a toddler at the time. So that was quite demanding yes. trying to, to yeah.
0: To, That's to a know, lot.
1: Their needs, oh my goodness, their needs and wants are just not being um, physically or emotional, emotionally prepared or or capable to, to handle it. So we ended up getting a sleep consultant to help us and, you know within a week being able to actually sleep and having my son sleep longer stretches like i i just i felt so much better than i had in 5 months or since he'd been born and i wanted to shout it from the rooftops mm-hmm. like i was just like i i need like other people need to to experience this and knowing what such a big issue sleep can be for new parents um you know through my friends and through mothers groups uh, everybody you have something to say about sleep and usually they're not getting enough so uh, I decided to pursue um, my study in maternal and child sleep and and then I just started working with clients and helping them out uh, you know with their families and uh, you know their younger children and it sort of extended I guess to, to more than sleep and I think my interest to from sleep uh, you know, into more parenting came from my experience with my own children. So once we'd sort of overcome the sleep um, difficulty, so to speak, you know, I'm navigating this territory of, of toddlerhood and I found that I was getting into these power struggles and, you know, that, the, you know, screaming and trying to kind of dish out punishments and that sort of thing, which didn't work. And I felt really quite uh, defeated and I feel guilty and, you know, didn't, do anything to change my children's behavior in the long term so I started researching different parenting you know methods and strategies you know something that would with that felt in alignment with what I wanted to do you know really bring in a harmonious uh you know joy into the family and not be sort of engaging in these you know like I said before these power struggles um every day because it felt like I was just really you know pushing stuff up a hill like all the time um So I looked into Rye, which, you know, Janet Lansbury and started implementing some of those principles. And then I also got into hand-in-hand parenting, which is by Patty Whipler. And she does parenting by connection and ended up sort of long story short, after doing a few courses with hand in hand, I did my instructor certification. And the the basis of the parenting by connection approach is really, I guess, understanding children's emotions. Um, positive discipline, so no punishments or timeouts or anything like that, and really working on, you know, the parent-child connection to improve, you know, behavioural difficulties that parents face uh, parenting their children. And with all of those, like I had started applying them, and, you know, with all of my children and seeing these amazing, um, if you like, results or experiences and, and just the connection between us, uh, I felt it became so much stronger and and our bond... Bonds became, you know, greater and I just had all these tools I felt in my parenting toolbox to be able to handle most difficulties that came my way. Obviously, there's always challenges, uh, Mm. but I felt it was a really good um, fit for us and I started applying all those principles to my sleep work as well um, Mm. and with outstanding results. So really focusing instead of what I had been doing when I first started my business very much. Focused on behaviour methods. So depending on what the family was after or what they felt was suitable uh, We would sometimes do cry it out sometimes do you know sleep lady shuffle. Uh, that's a thing right. <laughs> um, uh, Pick up put down which you've probably heard of some of these you know, which were um, Which were I guess yeah, I mean it's the old-school way of doing things and it's what a lot of sleep consultants actually uh, do with the clients um but what I found in previously having done that is that they were only really ever good for a certain amount of time so you know I'd get so many children or so parents contacting me three months down the track after having worked together and what they were u- using or doing you know no longer kind of works they've hit another milestone in the road with development they've been on holidays or their child's been sick or you know they've they've been potty training or there's been some transition that has caused sleep to regress and what they were doing previously doesn't work anymore um and all of a sudden they're left with no tools in their parenting toolbox and they're contacting me for help again to try and get them back on track and what I found with using the parenting by connection approach and adapting that to to my sleep work that the results were more sustainable Mm that the Results from using the connection tools and, you know, focusing on the parent-child connection actually, um, yes, it could improve sleep but also improve behaviour because most negative behaviours, and I'm sure we'll go well into today, but most negative or undesirable behaviour stems from fear. Um, and the same with sleep difficulties, uh, you know, mostly in you know, a fear of separation, children become afraid of the dark, afraid of monsters, uh, afraid of being alone. So um, at the root of most difficult behaviours is fear. And so as parents, to counteract that, you know, to put, pull in the safety and the love and, and make our children feel connected, you know, through certain connection tools such as play, and I'll, I'll go into it further, I'm sure, today, um, can really help alleviate those problems that parents face.
0: Right. And do you find then that like with this topic of bringing a new baby in, that those older siblings there, it's really like a fear emotion that is what needs to be worked with, like fear of things changing or they just don't know what's going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It can be all of that. And um, you know, under fear, I think that banner you know, can in- include sort of anxiety and insecurity. And I think children, you know, when you do introduce a new sibling to the family, it disrupts pretty much everything in the child's routine. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're forced to all of a sudden share their attention, share their parents' attention with this, this brand new baby who they don't know. And a lot of <laughs> them at the start don't really want them to be there. Right. Um so you know, feelings of disempowerment too. Uh feelings that they don't have any control over the situation, which of course, you know, they they don't. And um someone actually likened it to I heard this um a few years ago. But you know, imagine if your husband came home and bought a new wife or a new girlfriend and just started kissing and cuddling them on the couch. Like, how would you feel? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that's a good point. All right. Start yes. putting myself in 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 um in my in my daughters. That that was sort of when I had um, my second child. Um, you know, starting to put myself in in their position and, and the empathy that um it's a really big transition and a lot of fear, um yeah, a lot of fear of change. I mean, children are creatures of habit as we are and so they don't always like things to be changed. Um, you know, there's certain things that we can definitely do as parents and I think one of them does come stem from you know communication and we can do everything in the lead up to introducing a new sibling by communicating what's going to happen how things are going to be different i don't think it's ever possible to to i mean just as when we have a baby for the first time we we could never understand the magnitude of the impact it's going to be on our life until it happens so but we can prepare them for it um and there's certain ways that we can do that uh, like children learn a lot through play, so hmm. um, you know doing certain role playing and everything like that's great for children um, using dolls and teddies and um, and I know some kids love books as well, so um the ones that we had at home were my new baby, and I had my last three were home births, so we had hello baby, which is a really nice home birth story hmm. so yeah, and this is
0: all in the the lead up in the months before the birth yeah
1: yeah things you can do to yeah but like when mum's pregnant things you can do to sort of try and prepare them as best as possible right um to try and counteract i mean there's still going to be that fear and insecurity no matter what you do i think you know we can't eliminate that it's just a normal feeling for them to have Uh, i think it's how we respond to them and and obviously how we
0: prepare them That that does matter though right is it so what are the like typical like challenges a kid will have or like behavioral issues or sleep or things that a parent should one kind of know is kind of a normal reaction and then maybe if you in your experience if there's things that a parents seeing in their older kid that's not so common and not so normal um should be on the lookout for
1: Sure, sure. Uh, a big one I think for for children when you've brought baby home um, is well aggression. Yeah, um, aggression. <laughs> that's yeah, a big concern yeah. of a lot of parents. It is, and I think you know knowing how to best deal with that it can be a bit of a sticky situation or I mean if we don't feel equipped or if we don't feel confident enough in how to deal with it, it can be quite it can be quite triggering as well. I think, for, for a lot of parents. Um, so, uh, you know, aggression is completely normal. Again, that stems from fear. And so mm-hmm. I think if we can have the understanding that, hang on a minute, this this my child's afraid. My child's afraid for what's going to happen to them in the future, of what this change in dynamic family and dynamic, dynamics is going to be, who this little person is. There's a lot of insecurity around their routine and what's just happened um, in their life. So having that empathy can sort of at least make us feel a little bit more um, or less likely to, to get upset with them when, when we do witness like aggressive outbursts. Yeah. Um, with, with aggression, I guess there's two different things we can do. Um, we can be proactive. Um, one of the tools that I get my clients to, to do daily if they can, um, and this is to improve sleep and whatever behavioral difficulty they're experiencing um is one-on-one play and so what this does and it's really good if because i know sometimes parents will feel like they've spent all day with their children and the thought of playing with them just. Um, they just don't want to, <laughs> have <laughs> to have to, do, you know, play for hours on end because, you know, children can get really, um, you know, caught up and, and then parents start to get frustrated because they've got this list of things that need to be done. So I always recommend setting the alarm. So, you know, if you've got 10 minutes, set your timer for 10 minutes. Um, the really good thing about, you know, that special time, the quality one-on-one time is that your older child gets to choose what they do. Mm. Um, and the power of that is that um, like, well, it's empowering for them, I guess, to, to be able to choose what they want to do. Um, we make a million demands to them each day. Uh, do this, do that, Quick your socks on, da, 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 da. So it's really nice for them to have that short window of time where they get to be the leader. Um, so it's time, this is the time where we don't manipulate the play, we don't lead the play, we don't correct them. Uh, we just basically follow, and obviously the play within reason. Uh, you know, we're not going to let them sort of run across the main street and their gum brings without any clothes on Um, like you know whatever they want to do it's really interesting that some of the the activities that children will choose to play with their parents um, sort of serves as like therapy you know they might act out things that are bothering them It might stem down to you know the transition uh, with welcoming a new baby into the family. Like they want, they might want to be the baby, for example. I know I experienced that with uh, my my third child when I introduced my, my He wanted to play, he wanted to be the baby all the time. And a lot of parents sort of feel like, is this the right thing to do? Um, and feel that they might be, I guess, contributing to some kind of regression if they do play along. But I think it's a really wonderful way for for our children to be, to feel acknowledged. If they want to feel like a baby that we do, even if it's just that 10 minutes on the timer, um, you know, in, in our own time for that special time that they be the baby, then um, to sort of nurture that and go with it hmm. um, and see, you know, and I mean, that's just one example of how children will try and play out, you know, what's going on in their lives and make sense of it and connect and and overcome their fears. Um, but there's another it's other other ways that uh, they act that out through play. So it's really good to, to let them lead um that's a positive thing
0: is that related to all the clinginess that the um babies or the kiddos can go through beforehand is it that same kind of thing like wanting to kind of be the baby get the attention in that type of way or is that different
1: yeah yeah and clinginess can be a multitude of things it can be obviously fear like not wanting to um have the separation so separation anxiety is quite common when you introduce uh, a new baby um so that's i guess you know, it's still a fear thing, right? It's just on the other spectrum mm. of of, um, of aggression. So, you know, not wanting to let the parent out of the sight, not wanting to be away, um, having that anxiety about mum leaving because there's so much change. Mm. Um, and so, the great thing about play is that it's all you know. How do we how do we combat our children's fear and pouring the connection and the love and the safety through 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 play um and laughter especially um is a really good way for children to heal fears so you know whether that be uh you know the transition we're talking about or whether it's nightmares or something else that's bothering them um and you know how, how good you feel after a good laugh if someone tells you a good joke or um I don't know like kids love it when adults walk into a wall <laughs> um, if you ever done that? Doesn't he go totally. to laugh at you? Anything you know, me being silly it breaks itself. the tone. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and they love it. And, you know, deep belly laugh and and uh, can really help them to 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 laugh away their um, fears. And I mean, Victor Borge said, didn't he, that um, laughter is the shortest distance between two people, and I think that's true. And especially when it goes, when it comes to children and and healing their fears, so so yes it's so a separation anxiety and, and clinginess is, is very common um also i guess you know children can on the other end spectrum of that can withdraw um i guess if they're and it's probably more in in cases where they're not getting the you know the extra attention during the day um yeah, it's it's more common that you will experience like you know cling, clinginess or or aggression rather than withdrawal, but but it does happen uh, yeah. for certain kids, um, and that's just obviously a protection mechanism. Um, and yeah, it's yeah it'd definitely be pouring in the connection in that in that yeah. respect. Uh, but tantrums, off track behavior, all of that sort of stuff, which stems from just feeling um, insecure and and searching for that connection with mum but right. I feel like they've temporarily
0: lost, yeah. What about, with, I mean, when you're talking about aggression, you're meaning kind of more like that, like outbursts and, and the like, Are you, or also because some parents have uh, worries about like being too rough with the baby. Not in a like uh, like yeah. harming the baby, but they tend to be like, oh, look at the baby, and they're like <laughs> mauling the kid. and yes. <laughs> And, you know, that's something I they're the trying, like you. how do we, te- yeah, exactly. How do we teach <clears throat> the kiddo to be gentle and things like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes I think, you know, we've all seen them do that, That I, I think there is some intent to yes. harm them. right, <laughs>
0: and right. And it's like,
1: and I think, again, that's like an attention thing, um, okay. you know, with the aggression too. I think when we're talking about children and their emotions, um, sometimes, I mean, children are built to, to search for connection day and night with their primary caregiver a lot of the time. It's mum, but obviously mum and dad as well. Um, and when they feel that that connection is lost and, you know, on a daily basis, this can happen if you're on the phone or you're feeling stressed or obviously if you're physically separated, you're not connected. Um, and, you know, when they're feeling disconnected or oh, they can't sort of feel that presence from you, um, you know, it feels like their limbic system kind of takes over to um, mm-hmm. the emotional part of the brain and it takes and their prefrontal cortex shuts down. And the prefrontal cortex is responsible for memory and learning and logic. It it knows not to smack the baby. Uh, it knows, you know, consequences and that sort of thing. But when they're flooded by the emotional part of their brain, when they're not connected, uh, you do see that off-track behaviour, um, the tantrums and that sort of thing ensue. And, and often children will engage in off-track behaviour in order for us to set a limit for them to rage against, which sounds... Mm-hmm like quite complex but um you quite often you know witness like when you do set a limit sweetheart i can't let you i can't let you hurt the baby or i can't let you do that uh that that you do see some feelings come up some anger and they might start tantruming or crying um so so a lot of that Off-track behaviour is just a first warning that, hey, I'm feeling a little bit insecure here. I Either they might need just a hug from mum or dad or just maybe five minutes of just one-on-one time and we might be able to avoid that behaviour, although not always possible, I know. Mm -hmm. We're busy feeding new babies and... And uh you know, flooded with hormones and everything ourselves, so I think that's you know where the challenge lies
0: sometimes. right, and especially like depending on the age of the older child, right like there's yes. less yes. and less prefrontal cortex to work with as the younger they are <laughs> right
1: oh, absolutely, and I mean, when you're talking about some people have their babies like a year apart, and so it's very difficult to be able to set limits with children who are only sort of twelve or fourteen months who who might not. Understand um, as much as what an older child would. Mm-hmm. So it, yes, it, it would be age dependent on what you would do. Um, and I think you know, coming to the age fa- factor, you know, is it easier to you know to introduce a baby when you've got a much younger child, like a child still in diapers, or you know, is it easier to to have a child that's sort of four or five? And mm, that's a good find question. Out, what, yeah, I get asked that question penny? quite yeah. a lot. I I um. I think there's pros and cons to everything. So the older the child is, the more they can understand, probably the more you can explain to them and you can, you can, you can, can communicate a lot easier about the change and what's happening and, and leading them up in pre- preparing for the birth and, and the new baby. Um, at the same time, the older the child is, the longer they've had mum and dad to themselves. Uh, yeah. You know, being sort of, you know, like just, uh, you know, in in that attention um without anyone to compete with so uh so that's probably the pro- pros and cons there to that to an older child and then the younger child it easier in a way because they probably wouldn't remember life without the sibling you know if you're talking about a child that's sort of 18 months old um, to two years eventually you know they they're only young i mean the, most of them are still in diapers themselves uh and The transition seems to be um, easier in the way that they, um, yeah, like I said, I guess they don't, they don't, they haven't had as much time with mum and dad, so they they don't have, yeah, I don't know if that. Like their
0: patterns aren't set up and they're they're used to (laughs) their 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 rhythms are set up.
1: Like four or five years, yeah, and but I mean the hardest thing is too you've got two babies. And so yes. you said you're changing two two lots of diapers. It's really harder It's a lot harder to communicate with younger children, right um, and and prepare them adequately. And depending on how old they are, I mean, it's a lot more difficult to do sort of role play and and one on one time with with children who uh, and do the role playing. You know, the the, the empowering role play. If they're sort of you know, fifteen or sixteen months, it's it's uh it's not as
0: effective yeah i mean i only yeah. personally only have my one son so i haven't been through this um directly myself but with all the families that i work with here i definitely see parents that have like say a two-year-old Having a yep. lot more challenges with this transition the first couple months than the kids being older. I mean, every, as you just said, like every age has its own set of challenges. It's not a cakewalk yep. in any of them, but yeah. um, it's that two year olds where, like, yep. I mean, just two year olds are difficult, period. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then you add in <laughs> another so thing years. and you got another newborn and sleep deprivation and all oh. that, that goes on with that. So, um, yes. I mean, I don't know maybe there are parents that like actually think like when is the best time to have the next kid and and looking at that. Um, it's never a good time. Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say like the best time just is when it. you're doing it. Exactly. And then exactly. you, you kind of
1: think about it too much, Yeah, you, know, you get in your head and um, you'd never have another child. So just do it. <laughs> I think <laughs> Coming from someone who's had four, but yeah, um, <laughs> I think it's, you know, it, it's true. Like, just you know thinking about what you just said then like with an older child too i think it can be easier because a lot of the time they might be at school if you're talking about your yes, a five-year-old they're at preschool or school um whereas a two-year-old i mean a lot of two-year-olds are still home with with mum during the day or dad whoever it is mm-hmm. um and you know they're not going to preschool most most oh, that, i can't really assume can i but um most two-year-olds who i know aren't going to preschool full-time right <clears throat> at that age so you know they're in the thick of it you're going through that transition and you're home with with the baby and the toddler um so it can it can be very um anxiety provoking <laughs> right. at best for, for parents yeah
0: i think though so that being said i will say too that a lot of the second and third time parents like moms and dads um they go into second and third time a little more I don't want to say relax, but confident. They, they go in more yeah. confident because their older kid lived, you know, they're, they're, they got through that newborn <laughs> yes. stage. So there is That's like, the first, there's yeah. not as much of the gripped responsiveness that comes with like the first time parents. So mm-hmm. yeah. that brings a, a less of a level of stress into it, which is good. Yes. But obviously like there's, there's another, um, There's another factor in the equation where you got another little newborn that needs their own attention and the like.
1: Yes, yes. Um, And I find you know it is one of those things mostly that the more children you have the more relaxed you are and yes. i don't think it's a, a conscious decision i think it's just the way it has to be
0: exactly <laughs> um, right
1: i mean it's like i, I lose my my um, my one-year-old throughout yeah. the house most most days has anyone seen luca um but uh, it's like um, a little bit more relaxed I and mean, instead of the the five you know we've got a we used to have a five second rule um, it's now pretty, completely non-existent <laughs> right. been on the ground yes. um but yeah i think you know there's a difference between you know if you're in, introducing your third child you've already gone through the process of introducing a new sibling whereas with the second child you know it's a, that's a whole new transition that the parent has to go through um you know in themselves in their whole parenting journey as well as dealing with the children's emotions um whereas you know i find that tr- uh, parents are more comfortable when they're introducing their third child and consecutive children because they've dealt with that transition although obviously there's always going to be um some you know some teething pain so to speak introducing mm-hmm. a new person you've got depending on how many children you've got in your family you know there's a lot of different personalities as dealing with the new dynamic um and the more children you have obviously the more feelings and emotions you have to be you know i don't like to say manage but you know keep on top of and you know be attentive to that's right so um so i think it all has its own challenges for parents right um and i think really what comes down to the the biggest thing that we can do uh, to prepare for introducing a new baby no matter if it's your second or your third or your fourth is really having that support network it's so important Mm -hmm. um you know for mum and dad and you know because you know, you might have the best intentions to have um, a pretty straightforward vaginal birth and, but even those births can come with their own level of trauma. Um, You might, end up having a C section and and you know have a a longer recovery time than what you thought so having the infrastructure having people who can take the older kids pick them up from school or preschool take them for play dates uh get a meal train have you heard it you've heard yes yes yeah which is an awesome idea um i did that with my fourth and had meals coming to me like beautiful home-cooked meals for like two weeks Mm. um which Fantastic. is so nice. You know, you don't want to be like you don't want to be cooking yourself and you don't wanna be living off takeaway food. So to be able to have home cooked food and all your friends supporting you in that way really makes that process easier. Um, especially engaging in, you know, the help to just saying yes is a big thing I think for parents too. Saying yes to the support, saying yes, take my children. Right. <laughs> totally. So so they can also have some time alone. to to bond with the baby, um, without having to worry about, um, you know, the other children all the time.
0: Right. And having uh, a lot of tools to try out and use, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's so many times in parenthood, especially first time parents, myself included, that you, you know, have a certain way and all right, this is what we're gonna do. And then when it starts going sideways and it's not working in the way that you do, there's there's a stress around, okay, I'm doing this wrong. Whereas it might just be like, all right, we need to do it differently. And so like with all the things that you added in today, being able to have a bunch of different approaches um and different tools to be able to ease that transition. And I think, in the bigger picture, too, is understanding it is a transition and you'll find your new way. It's just a matter of yeah. supporting each other um, through that as healthy as possible.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the sports a key thing. And also, it's really interesting to note that you know what worked for your first child isn't going to necessarily work for your second. So really being able to tune in to your intuition with, with what your child needs, trying not to get caught up in 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 doing things a certain way having some kind of flexibility really helps because i don't think you'll ever really know what to do until you know your child comes along and you see what personality they are and 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 how they respond to certain things so really being able to i guess not be rigid in in our approaches and -hmm. our ways of parenting because sometimes children in the same family need to be parented in different ways um you know, I'm still learning these sort of things, you know, with all of my, Mm -hmm. my children. Um, So, you know, that's a good thing to sort of um, keep in mind that they're not going to necessarily fit into the way that you expect, um, you know, your parenting style. Right. Mm, Yeah.
0: Well, and speaking of all the like tools and um, that parents can use, like tell us more about your book, where people can get it, um, because it's, that's exactly what you put this all together for
1: yeah thank you yeah so i um i just released my book called sleep play love um which is the same name as my business and it's available on amazon on kindle and paperback now and you can just search for sleep play love that comes up and yeah that was um basically a, a three-year project for me mm-hmm. and uh you know in between having a, a few children and and everything else like that but uh yeah it's i think it, it's or my intention with that book was to really answer all the questions that I've been asked in the last five years of, of sleep consulting and working with parents on, on you know, in different questions around behaviour and, and transitions and try and provide options and and different um Provide you know methods to to help parents navigate those those changes, um, and you know the connection tools are really clearly outlined there. Um, so you know hopefully. Um, if it helps one parent right <laughs> yes
0: no absolutely <laughs> that's
1: enough here. i'll make
0: I'll make sure the links are um there for the yeah, listeners here yeah. that like to the website to the amazon link i i didn't realize it was out in paperback that's great. I have a kindle yes. version of it it's a great resource, so I definitely encourage you, you listeners to um oh thank you I appreciate that um It's it's a great resource, and again, like I appreciate you today coming on to be able to talk about this subject. Because again, like just even in the last two months, I've had a lot of listeners requesting, like, "Hey, would you be able to do something about this?" Because this is coming up in a couple months, so once it's out there, um, you'll be able to help a ton. And I'll leave, um, obviously, like leave a link to your website to be able to connect with you personally, doing um, some one-on-one work that you do. What? in so what's the major message you'd like the the listeners to come away with about what we talked about today or maybe even something we didn't get to that you wanted to make sure that the parents that are listening here
1: um yeah i think you know i've covered like support and intuition i think that's really important mm. um, but also you know, for, for mums, and, and I know having been through this experience, like, and how vulnerable you feel, you know, after birth, and all the emotions that you're going through yourself, and and you know, you've got hormones flooding you, and you've got this brand new baby, and you're dealing with a new, uh, with dealing with a toddler as, as well, and their expectations and needs and feelings, and just go easy on yourself. You know, you don't have to. No one's expecting anything from you. you know, if you, you end up with, you know. in in your pajamas all day for five days in a row it doesn't matter just (laughs) you know really just enjoy the time it goes so fast i know everyone says that but you know with the right support if you can get support to help out um you know because don't forget that having other people to help out to play with the older children you know can help um a lot you know so you don't have to be the only person who is responsible for the play and the and and the connection you know they can get connection from other people um so just being easy on yourself and and know that you're doing enough and that you're doing your best
0: that's yeah and oftentimes i've heard that this um is a great time that the older sibling and dad get a lot of bonding time because mom's doing more with feeding and um, the newborn and that really strengthens the bond with dad
1: it does. I think I've lost all of my children to my to my <laughs> husband. Every single time I've got one, the last one is is mine because um, I'm not having any more. But, no, yeah, right, they're, all, they're turning they're all them over. Kids now. Are they? <laughs> yeah, cute. yeah. So I think it's nice, absolutely, and I think it's lovely for 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 the for the father to to have that role, um, you know, where where he, um he gets to have that bond with the older child. And you mean that's something you can even encourage, you know, during pregnancy too, is getting dad if he's not already a lot more involved. So it's not obviously you know, they feel outcast when the baby comes because it was all mum and then suddenly it's all dad. So, you know, making that transition gradually is a really good idea.
0: Um, Very good. Yeah. And what so, about for the baby that might be listening? What little words of wisdom do you have yeah. that you like to whisper to them?
1: My little darlings. <laughs> um, yeah, mum. mum's doing her best. <laughs> <laughs> mum is doing her best. And, um, yeah, enjoy this world. Yeah. yeah
0: beautiful well Sophie <laughs> yeah. again thank you for being here I really appreciate it um, thanks Dr. Jay we'll uh, connect maybe on another episode we can talk more about um, the parenting Pike connection I know that's something that's really important um, yeah. to me and to, um, to all the parents of like being connected and using that way of um, helping guide and direct and just have more fun together so I'd love to have you back
1: yes. oh I'd love to come back thank you
0: Hi, it's Dr. Jay again, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's something I really enjoy doing, and I, as a parent, learn a ton from these experts coming on and sharing their wisdom, so I hope you're getting a lot out of it, too. And I want to share something else with you. I've created a guide called the 40 Ways to Connect with Your Baby During Pregnancy. It's full of simple things you can do on a day-to-day basis that will help strengthen that bond that you have with your baby. It's a free download. You can go to my website at drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and just enter your email. I'll send it right to you. You can download it and start working on it right away All of the research that I'm learning in the fields of epigenetics and attachment parenting is showing that the more bonded you are during your pregnancy with your baby, the better the birth is going to go and the better parenting is going to go because you have that strong foundation, a strong connection to build upon. So go again to my website. It's drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and get that free guide. And again, thanks for listening.